Good afternoon, good afternoon. This is Aisha Elliott with Black Girl from Eugene. And I am here this afternoon to talk directly to y'all. Um, I almost forgot <clears throat> what my podcast was really about. I want to first say thank you to my supporters, my Patreon supporters who have been with me over a year uh, consistently. Some have come and gone and some have stayed the entire time. So this is um, extremely, extremely, um, like, I, I just can't get over that kind of, of of support. It's amazing to me. So I want to say um, thank you directly to all of my Patreons and uh, give love directly to you. Um, also, we have, I have had... Um, been blocked, I guess, from Facebook. So I I have been, you know, my podcast has been as not as regular as it was in the previous years, not every single week. Um, and I took some time after the passing of my mom last year. But this last little break I had was not my own. I got kicked off of Facebook. Um, I could have done some audio onlys, but Life, I'm sure, not only for myself and uh, but for everyone, has been pretty hectic, and I really don't want to just be on the my podcast um, complaining. <laughs> Although, um, you know, I will say the first time that I created my podcast, the podcast was for me to be able to express myself in a way that is not um, actually. Uh, judged and or um, I guess the best word for it is to be so it could be authentic and be myself Um, so and it was therapeutic for me to be able to talk to my podcast talk to the phone talk to the computer at the time whatever it was talk to the friends I brought on and we would just talk about whatever uh, whatever comes to our mind Uh, and it has changed a little bit as time has gone on but this scenario, I'm getting back to the original intent of the podcast, and I'm speaking from my mind. So you may hear my grandson in the back because he is five years old, and you know, when you say quiet down, that doesn't always stick to the entire entirety of the podcast. So uh, please forgive me for that background noise there. Anyway, let's get back to it. Let's get down to it. Um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, it has been heavy and it still seems really weird to say the last couple weeks because the truth of it's been like what two years now (laughs) that it has been non-stop heavy and uh as much as I want to go into the details and I probably will talk more about it in those ways I definitely um want to say that it's I I have found myself like stopped in the tra- in my tracks with this last murdering rampage of the children in Uvalde and it is beyond me at this point that the conversation around violence in this country is is attempting to be nuanced which is just without any real way to say it better bullshit i can't i just the way that violence has been per- perpetuated and has been 
made a normal sense of relationship in this country is past pathological. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm astounded by how numb, how quickly a whole entire society, a whole entire uh, city, country, ca- town, county can just numb out and not actually find that connection or can't actually rel- bring that connection. And it may be simply not that we can't, but that in doing so, we can then no longer function ourselves. The people who are grounded enough to see that what these issues really mean for our future, for our minds, for our spirits, for our connection to each other. So at some point, it feels like we have to get to the point where we are able to um, ground in a way that allows us to not take these numbers of assaults to our mental health and to our spirit and actually be able to somehow find barriers and boundaries so that we can stay present, so that we can fight effectively. I will say, though, like as I say fight effectively, you know, I'm 45 years old. I'm a black woman, cisgendered woman. I have had children. I have had, um, you know, my, I've raised three kids. I'm now raising three of my grandchildren. Um, I am single. I, I don't believe necessarily in, in um, the institution of marriage necessarily. I've tried it. It didn't work out. I'm moving on. Uh, I support LGBTQ. I am uh, absolutely enthusiastic about immigration. Um, I'm into equity for perinatal and, and birthing people. Like I'm everything that this country hates. And I, and I want to say, when we say this country, it's starting to become this conversation about the confusion of either or and both and, right? See, this country, and when I say this country, I am literally talking about the rules, the culture, um, the white supremacy culture, the, the White House, the judicial system. What makes this country? What defines it? And then you want to say, well, the people define it, right? Who we are, the multiplicitude of the of the country, the diversity in the um, in the communities, and we want to say that is what we are. But the truth is, and I think we all know. I mean, and I say all quite broadly, that at the point of watching TV and dis- and and measuring, just noticing. You don't have to be scientific about it. Just noticing um, the focus on the lives of black and brown people, even when mass shootings, like what we have experienced in the last month, have been belittled to a one-focused conversation. And to be really honest, the multitude of the way this conversation, I mean, I'm sorry, the way this conversation has, has gone over the news is actually less attention and less focus from the masses than Will Smith smacking another comedian 
right? You know, when you can watch someone go into a grocery store and pick off people, I didn't watch the video because why in the F would I be watching a snuff video? But you walk in and, pe- and, and this man is, is literally walking and just picking people off one by one. He didn't spray, he one by one. And he said, absolutely, it's because they're black and brown. And then you have children, 10 years old. We can talk about that. And as it unfolds, there's more worrisome, if that can be true, more worrisome behavior and consideration that went in and came out of that situation. And it lends to what I'm saying about our disconnection to each other and how my humanity is somehow not connected to yours. And especially as a black woman, especially as black people, brown people, but especially black, we are, there's, there's an insidiousness to anti-blackness uh, that rings true all the way through. Now, when we talk about Uvalde, it is something that is hard for me to comprehend in such a small space, small town, uh, the disconnection of systems, system and people. To uphold a system like policing is to uphold white supremacy. And those people who, are, who went into that school and brought out their own children and not the other children that they could have grabbed. I want to say I get it when you say, okay, I, I go in, get your kid, you'd be focused, get my kid out. But would you not think to grab the, next, the kid next to them? or to open the back door. No one needs to be a hero, but just one other kid, three other kids. People say, you know, you can't talk unless you're in the situation. And I I do, I do hear that. And I even somewhere in my body feel that. However, I have been in a situation where there's a choice to save yourself or someone else. And I know that everyone is not the same. And I know that people have their ways of living in this world. I just cannot get over the fear that like as a parent and as the parental code I don't know how many mothers out there would walk past a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old who's left by themselves in the park. You just keep walking by. I mean, there are parents out there who just go, who's that kid? And they just keep walking by. But I, I just, those parents... I, there's, a, there's, a society, there's an issue. And it's deeper it's like soul level deep that this disconnection of humanity, yet people want to scream, oh, we're all humans. 
you don't know you don't know what you know until crisis hits everyone wants to say what they would do and then when it's there do you actually feel the guilt because you didn't know what to do or because you chose not to I know that I am someone who has a special capacity to think in crisis that I have learned that I have been you know charged with so I, I, I have to remember that not everyone has that capacity but I, I there's a place in my heart that that sunk when I understood parents went into the building, got their own children, and left. The children leaving their friends. The layers of trauma that have resulted from this incident. When we think about the systems and the people, we realize that the system will never be held accountable for the trauma that they inflicted on these children and their families for their lack of human decency as they went into the building and grabbed their own children. And then we, to talk about the root cause of the issue, police officers not going in for fear of their own lives as they are carrying 26 what was the weight they said? Maybe it was 41 pounds of armory and protection. I just, the reason why it's so solemn and deep for me is that as a black woman, I don't know how we are charged, black people, brown people are charged with carrying this level of palpable hatred towards our very beings, and not only us as adults, but to our children. How is this sustainable? Not only through our minds and through our financial ability to show up to work, but our the sanity, the spirit, the spirit, the spiritual hit we take. The reaction to then become so protective of our own ability to show up that we then create an othering between ourselves, between our own community. Because in a situation like what happened there, we can only assume that there is no community. If I were to walk past, even, and I was under duress and I saw a child who was under duress, I don't know how you walk past them. I don't know how you choose to not grab a baby and go. I don't know how the state the institution, the system became bigger than the parents and the connection to their children. We're lost, y'all. And as I, you know, I'm, I'm super privileged and I want to thank my mom and my dad 
for um, being the type of black folks who did have a passport and hit, did leave the country for exploration of the idea that the diaspora is who we are, our community is bigger than this. It's global and that we belong anywhere we go. So I'm privileged in the idea that my mindset is not biblical. My mindset is not uh, based in the United States society. Um, yes. And yes, this is my grandson. Um, and I'm not able to, I mean, I am able to carry a passport. I got one at a very young age. I think my first passport, I was probably 14, 12, something like that. I think my siblings had them since they were babies. So my option that I have as I raised my first three kids, you know, in the United States, is we have to constantly battle where we live. Society is not harmonious with our well-being. Society pushes against our well-being. So the households of black and brown people or the people who have black and brown people in their households is something that we are working constantly against where we live. We are constantly in defense. And that starts to weigh on the, your, our ability to show up, our ability to live long. You know, we do a very good job, black and brown people, having the sense to stay away when it gets too thick, having to know and balance everyone else's experiences, everyone else's mental health issues, meaning that in like the way that we are looking at, you know, this lack of accountability, the way people are, are unable to see the humanity of the village. I feel very pensive about how black and brown families are going to be able to sustain, how we have sustained, you know? People die of cancer, high blood pressure, you know, diabetes, and just learning in 2020, you know, 2019, science's understanding that the impacts of racism create these morbidities that are lower than our counterparts in, in very real ways. We're literally dying from living in a society that works against us at all times. There's nowhere that it's working for us and our children. Not to say we haven't done a good job of maintaining. Clearly, here we are doing what we do, supporting who we support, teaching who we teach, being examples for what is the, the epitome of survival and resilience. We're now trying to back out of toxic resiliency because the realization that this has been too much for too long has finally came to mainstream. I will be leaving this country. 
I will maintain the work that I do in this country. My work will be established in the United States. I will, my work will be established in the Pacific Northwest, in Oregon. I will physically no longer live here. I cannot sustain it any longer. I've finally hit my, my peace. I finally made it to where I recognize that I cannot continue in the space that fights against me with so much power. The way that I fight back is through educating people. And I don't have to be, thank goodness to 2020, I don't have to be present here to do that anymore. You will have to join me on Zoom as you do. Um, but I can't do this anymore. When I was talking about the children and I, you know, and I started to see the faces and, I, and I, when I realized that the, the adults left them there, they were stuck in that room for an hour. I won't even, you know, their friends bleeding as they watch them bleed out, you know, covering themselves with their friend's blood to pretend like th that they had died. Like, what is happening right now? Old women, 77 church leaders, you know, pastors doing the, doing the best they can in their community, shot down point blank. Retired folks, birth, dads going to go get their birthday cakes for their children, walking around, being followed in the grocery store. How much are we able to, is, is it sustainable? And because we continue to sustain it, does that make it okay? The spaces that are only for black people and only for brown people, as we discuss this kind of heat, discuss this kind of weight, is it enough? I absolutely support a black sit, is what they call it. And I also know I'm privileged to be able to do so. But I just want to put it out there that this idea that we are all in this space in the same way is ludicrous. We are not sharing space in the same way. The effects of this society do not hit everyone equally. And I don't, and I don't, I want to put that in people's heads as we, you know, are so enthusiastic about our anti-racism and all the books that we've been reading in the last two years and, you know, I'm talking to white folks now. <clears throat> and even black and brown folks, as we start to realize how internalized white supremacy has got us looking at each other weird and how we have to come together for numbers and to create a space where we can actually support each other. I know it gets to the point where we're like, damn, it's a lot. I thought we had it. I thought we had it. I thought we had it. And the truth of it is, is that if we don't demand the system to change it, we're, we are, we're, doing, we're doing good work to see each other in that space. But like I said, when it comes down to it, when it comes to the line, that is when the work that you have been doing is tested. And I don't know that we're passing. I don't know that we're passing. At this point, you know, the, the whole, why don't we bring in the people who don't get it? It's not that we don't bring in people who are still fighting the narrative. It's that you're not here to convince anybody. I say this all the time. 
you have to step to this work and step to this union of humanity on your own. And when your reality is based in the suffering of other people or your ideal space has you in control and other people aligning to that control, you are harming people. So no, I'm not asking you to join. I'm asking you to get to the point you get, you get to the point you understand that your mentality and your socialization has you thinking that somehow you're superior than other people. And we don't want those people in. We don't, of course, everyone is scared of creating the, the this us and them scenario. But at this point in 2022, if you don't catch that that is what their, their modality is and that the, the people who are us have to see each other as joined in solidarity, right? The us and them is the us who are willing to not harm each other to go ahead and them who are. And if you ask me, I'm good with that split. And anyone who recognizes that they are doing harm and they'd like to not do harm, then let's then move on over. <coughs> Excuse me. But I am not of the of the mind to convince anyone. I don't need fake people. We got enough of that shit going on. Anyway, I'm not going to keep y'all long. I'm feeling very heavy and I have for the last week. Um, my exit date from the United States is August. And it looks like 25th at this point. Like I said, I will. y'all won't even notice that I'm gone. I will still be here on my podcast most likely more often. Um, I will be, you know, working my advising and the executive advising that I have been doing for the last, um, you know, more than a few years. Uh, that will still be happening. I'll just be completely virtual versus in person like we have been for the last few months. Um, I just want to put the, this energy out there to slow down with the, with the drastic, well, the, the dramatic, I can't believe it. And then start really looking at like, what have you actually done to create a relational culture with people other than yourself? And if you don't understand what relational culture is, then that is probably part of the problem. And at the same time, your relational culture cannot be based in white supremacy because it's not relational at that point. It doesn't, it may sound hard, it may sound strange, but I can tell you that people who are very well and good hearted are coming to this space and having a really hard time of doing something that they don't know works. I want you to listen to that. You don't know if it works. That means when you're bringing in black and brown people, or you're talking about black and brown people, or I'm saying, how would you not, you know, carry an, an additional baby with you as you're running out the back window because you're not sure? We gotta get on the side of do. We got to get on the side of investment. And that way, faith isn't negotiable. It just is what we have, and we work our very best with it. We work with it. We don't question it. 
we go with the very real sense of if it's not all of us, it's none of us. And when I say us, I am talking about those who will, who refuse to do harm. Those who refuse to exclude people because of choice. People because of lifestyle. People because of ethnicity and culture. There's not enough power in the world. Nobody holds that much. It's an illusion and it's a delusion. And we have allowed it to continue for entirely too, young, too long and it's costing our children actual breath. It's been costing our children ever since. The socialization of this bullshit has cost our children. We are the children, right? And as we pass through our children and to their children, they're not even being able at this point to live to be able to pass it down to their children. And how can we possibly say we are a nation responsible, a nation leading when we can't share space with one another? It's, it's absolutely absurd. And I, I just want to put it out there that I, this podcast today is me feeling myself. I'm hoping it touches somebody out there that may perhaps have a similar idea that it's time to put down the division white supremacy has created for us black and brown people and see how together we are the global majority. And no matter what, that matters. And us seeing each other, loving each other, caring for each other, looking out for each other is, is the only way forward because they're picking us off one by one. And those of us too sick to see it, perpetuating white supremacy in ways that where we hurt each other is how the, the, the poison is inside the house, right? We, we have to be mindful that this is, this is what our ancestors warned us of we can and should and need at this point to look out for each other. We need to know that it's more than just us. We are people of, like I said before, a global majority. You are part of this whole world. <clears throat> Our survival is not based on white folks' approval. But we do need each other. We do need each other. I promise I will look after your babies if you can promise to look after mine. And we'll just do the best that we can do. Okay. This is me, Saisha Elliott. It's Black Girl from Eugene. Um, I will be coming on, I'm not going to say what date, next, is it next weekend? I guess it's two weeks from now. My youngest daughter is graduating high school. Um, it is a wild experience to have your youngest daughter and, and the youngest of 16 cousins and kids of my siblings um, get through high school. And so it, it's very emotional. It's very strange. Uh, it'll be the first graduate ever uh, out of all our family that my mother is not there. So it's emotional in that aspect as well. 
in this summer we've got um you know the world's coming will be present out there through um, a nonprofit that i'm an equity advisor for through nurturely will be there and this summer y'all i'm gonna take you with me over to oberlin while we t- take my daughter to college i'm gonna take my podcast along with me um, i'm gonna take my podcast along with me to where I'm moving out of the country. I'm going to take you there and I'm going to show you around and we're going to do this together and hopefully we will grow and continue to grow. Um, but I want to, as I take give advice, I need to take advice and uh, give each other some love. You know, take a moment in time. This, this has been a heavy month. Um, it has been a heavy time in the world. And um, <clears throat> I think through this kind of trife, um, we grow as long as we can sustain and i think that our ability to sustain will be in our ability to see each other so this is thank you (laughs) my grandson um we are going i'm going i'm gonna get off now anyway you know i love you all thank you for supporting me yet again and i will talk to you soon again this is aisha elliott black girl from eugene Peace.